So I wish he could just stay up here right now, but but God gave me a specific word, uh, a couple of little things just to share. Uh, I'm just going to be real transparent. First of all, what an honor it is to be here with you in this house. To be, uh, Craig, thank you so much. Uh, we honor you, sir. Uh, we love you. We love this house. And um, the word that the Lord gave me last Sunday morning as I was getting ready to go to Northwest Christian was specific to this house. This is not something that I operate in very much, um, but I know his voice. I know what he said, so I'm going to put it out there, and if it's right, it's right. If it's not, then I'll go back to listening. But um, <laughs> Wow, thank you so much. Let me just pray real quick. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. Holy Spirit, have your way. I thank you for this house. This house that honors you above everything else. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for being here with us, King Jesus. Amen. So last Sunday, um, as I was getting ready to go to Northwest Christian, which we had the honor to share there last Sunday, um, and, and Jason, I'll talk about that, but I, I specifically, the Lord just stopped me and he gave me a specific word. And I, there's two or three things I want to share and I think it all ties together. First of all, he said, next Sunday you're going to the, to the house of the five wise virgins. Wow. Yeah. You're going to the house of the five wise virgins. And then he showed me this, this ring, which, is a metaphor, but it was your ring. It was a ring that belonged to you guys, and it was it was the biggest diamond ring I'd ever seen in my life. And uh, and so uh, I don't I, I think I know what all that means, uh, but I hope that bears witness to you. Yeah. And then he said, and there's one thing that is required of the five wise virgins, and that is to teach the five foolish virgins how to be wise. So. Um, and, I, and, and so I, I, I just want to give you that, and uh, I, I'm, I'm quite certain already that everything you've been doing is leading up to that, but I think it is about to go uh, deeper. And it's not just for leadership. He didn't say the leadership at Relationship Church was the five wise virgins. He said it's the house of the five wise virgins. So if wherever you are, because most of you I've never seen before. If I've seen you, I've seen you in passing. I don't know you. But if you're a part of this house, and this bears witness to you, then that wisdom uh, is to be shared in every area in the marketplace. Wherever God places you, wherever whatever your daily routine is, you have that on you, and he's given it to you, not just so your lamp will be full at the time, but that you can help others be prepared. Amen? <sighs> Today, he has said a couple of things to me. This morning, he said there's... Uh, well, let me just back up. For, for several weeks now, he's been talking to me about... We talk about the gifts, uh, Corinthians 12. And he's been showing me how that certain gifts are sought after and operated in. But there's, I think there's a specific gift in the body today that, that we need to begin to seek after. And that's the gift of discernment. Um, Proverbs 4, 5 says, get wisdom, get understanding. Um, for some reason in my life recently, uh, the Lord has been putting me in a lot of situations where um, I'm having these conversations and um, I'm like, why am I here having these conversations, Lord? And, and uh, He's showing me how that the, the people, these are dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, love the Lord with all their heart. But there's one thing that's being that's lacking in their life, and it's discernment. And so um, it's just really been highlighted to me. I'm not sure why. Guys, with, with me, you're just going to get the good, the bad, and the ugly. I, I'm just going to share with you, because a lot of this stuff I don't know. I shared with uh, Craig right before the service that, um, you know, I'm getting pulled into this deeper place. And I'm not resisting anymore, uh, and it's a beautiful thing. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk about the few things, and then Jason and I'll talk about a place called Hope. We got some men here. Um, so he showed me. 
he showed me a... Well, just before the new year, the Lord... Oh, my birthday. My birthday's in November. So this started in November. He started showing me three things that culminated... The last of the three was uh, two days after Christmas, the 27th of December. I was I was set out here at the four-way, about to turn left on Glenwood, and the sun was setting. It had just been ridiculously cold that, over the weekend. And then I think on this day, it was like 65, just two or three days after that extreme cold spell. The sun was setting, and it was beautiful. But before that, in November, on November the 5th, my daughter asked me to go to eat with her. She wanted to take me to eat, rather, for my birthday. My birthday's November the 9th. And so we have a family tradition. It doesn't matter whose birthday it is. All the family comes together. We go out and eat. We celebrate. But she said, Dad, I want to take you, just me and you. And some of you may have heard this story, but I know many of you haven't. And it's very important to what God is saying. And I said, okay, where are we going? She said, well, it's a surprise, but it takes a while to get there. Uh, I'll pick you up at 3 o'clock on Friday. I was like, man. And uh, so she comes to the house and gets me. She says, you drive, just follow Siri. She'll tell you how to get there. So we end up in downtown Atlanta um, at this hotel. And on the 74th floor of this hotel is a restaurant where you can see the city. I think it's called the Sundial or the Sunbird or something. Well, I've been at restaurants like that in different parts of the country before. It's really a nice restaurant. My daughter's a full-time student uh, at Dalton College, and so, and I know what these type of restaurants cost. And so, as we're riding up the 74 floors of this elevator, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I wonder if Mama loaned her some money, or did she sell something? You know, that's what I'm thinking. We get to the top. They seat us. We have five waiters. I mean, there's a there's a table waiter, there's a water waiter, there's a bread waiter, there's a waiter that comes and cleans up the crumbs, and then there's a person that takes your order. You know, it's it's fine linens, dressed in white, really really nice. We have a seat right there, looking at 75, heading south. So I'm looking back up past Georgia Tech. You can see for miles, beautiful view of the city. And they bring out the menu, and we open it up, and I think a glass of water was like $15. It was really expensive. <laughs> and she looked at me, and she said, Dad, i got to tell you something. I don't have any money. I said, all right, that's fine, baby. She was embarrassed. She gets up and goes to the bathroom. Papa sat down. He said, look out the window. So I took in that view. I'd just driven through there an hour before. He said, could you see any of that while you were driving up? I said, no, sir. He said, you're at my table. And there's a view from my table that you can't see from your table. And you never have to worry about paying the bill at my table. I've already paid it. And you don't have to have an invite. You've already been invited. And so what he started showing me there was there is a perspective, there's a seeing, there's a place that we've been invited to where we can see things differently. And we can begin to see things the way Father sees things. The way the king sees things. And then a few weeks later, he gave me another word and he said, order. We're going to get some things in order. And I'm like, well, man, are they, are they not already in order? I know what that, certain words that you hear and, uh, you just, you just know that there, that means there's going to be some things that happen as a result of that that probably are not going to be real comfortable. And so, and he went on to say, we're going to step into another level of order and it's not going to feel good initially. Initially, it's not going to feel good. I'm just telling you about me, okay? And so I said, okay, 
are you sure? And he said, yes, I'm sure. And so we started to do some things that the Lord had said to do actually about nine months before that I kept having an excuse after excuse after excuse on why that just wouldn't work. And it's specific to the house to a place called Hope. Jason had been hearing the same word. Uh, Jason was, he was more, he was more willing to uh, obey the word initially than I was. Um, I just kept finding these reasons why, because in my, in my, in my understanding, in my reasoning, uh, if you start subtracting things, you can't, it's hard to get addition by subtraction in my natural man, but it's not that hard when you're, when you're listening to Father and Holy Spirit's leading you. A lot of times he will multiply through subtraction. And so he's showing me these things. And so we make a few adjustments. And we begin to make a few adjustments. And those adjustments are in real time. Um, like put the seed in the ground, harvest this that afternoon kind of thing. I'm just mind-blowing stuff. But then as I was set here on the 27th, so November 5th, sometime a couple of weeks before Christmas, he started talking to me about order and then... December 27th at the red light. As the sun was setting, he said, I'm coming for my bride. I'm coming for my bride. Now, I, I didn't think he was coming that evening, but I, but I did hear that as he is coming and my bride needs to be ready. And I think that, I think that there are members of the bride that are completely ready, but I think there are members of the bride that, that maybe don't have enough oil in their lamp. And so just coming back full circle, for this region, for such a time as this, I've heard Craig talk many times about, um, if he would have, if he would have had a map, once he knew he was called, that he probably would have picked multiple places before he picked Whitfield County and Dalton, Georgia. But God had a plan for you here. He had a plan for this house here. You know what that plan is now. Obviously, you're walking fully in that. And then, and then, and then we get to be a part of that. And it's so, uh, honoring and, and amazing. And I'm just thankful to Father for that. And I'm thankful to you and your heart and your yes and every person here. Um, yes. So thank you for that. Um, just a little bit about this is the final thing that he showed me. Where, where our two houses are kind of blended, is that in Luke 15, there's a story about a, a coin, a sheep, and a young man, or a son, that, um, you know, I was thinking earlier during praise and worship, uh, actually just that soaking session, it was amazing. You guys, this this atmosphere right here is unlike any that I've... I mean, it's so much related to or close to what we experienced with Thomas over there. Just You just feel his presence. Uh, I know I, I just saw Jesus sit here the whole time at, at this table by himself. But, but uh, this is amazing. This is amazing. And my prayer is that every house in this, in this region have this type of presence and encounter. Um, you guys have been freed from that performance trap. You just come in and you worship Him, and it's beautiful. And man, I'm I'm drawn to that. I, I want I want more of this. It's beautiful. But in in Luke 15, um, I might read a little bit of that if I can. We know the story. There's the son that, in essence, said, "I wish you were dead, even though you're not dead yet." but I want my inheritance, which only comes after death. So and he said, I'd be better off if you were dead, Father. That's what he said, basically. That's what he was saying when he said, give me my inheritance. That's how I interpret that anyway. And he took it. Father gave it to him, and he took it, and he blew it, and he winds up in the pig pen. And, and he has this aha moment in the pig pen while he's literally starving to death. Um... And he says, you know, maybe I can talk my dad into just letting me work for him. Because his servants, his workers, they live so much better than I'm living right now. And I don't deserve to be his son. And he he had this story and he's like, you know, if I get home, I'll just beg him to 
take me back as a hired hand. Of course, we know the story. After he leaves the pig pen, probably not too far away from that farm he was working at, father's out in the field looking for him. And he runs, father runs and embraces him. And he's not having any bit of this story that the son had written out. He's not going to hear any of it. He's just loving him and kissing him and restoring him. Right? So the finger, the robe, the shoes, the party. And then there's the brother that's not so happy about the party and the robes and the shoes and the ring. And as we were worshiping earlier, the Lord said, you know that version of the story. But what do you think? Where's my heart? Where was my heart? See, I, I think I think we talk about that because I, I can relate to the prodigal. Quite frankly, I can relate to the older brother too, but because I, before I went and blew the inheritance... I was also him. And I was raised right. I was raised in church. I was active. Um, so I've kind of wore both of their clothes at different points in time in my life. But what the Father was showing me today is that my heart was, and this is where we get to partner with God, because we're a house full of um, pig pen boys, if you will. And we've come out of the pig pen, and there's this element, um, and we carry it in our thinking because because the liar's still lying, and he's still telling us, well, you know, you're not in the pig pen anymore, but you're still not good enough to hang out here, right? And then there's a group over here that's like, you know, why do they get, and I'm not saying that's this house, just bear with me, why do they get... Why do they get all this? Why is there a party for them? You know? And we see that. I mean, we see it. Clearly it exists, or there wouldn't be a half a chapter uh, dedicated to it. But what the Lord showed me today was, He said, actually, I want, in this region, we're writing a new Luke 15. We're, ri- we're writing a new story. And it's where... The prodigal comes home and the older brother celebrates with the father. He said, that's my heart. That's my desire. To have both of my sons in the party. Amen. And so, um, that's where we are today. Uh, four years ago when we first started a place called Hope, and we're going to share just a little bit about how that came about. But I was in there painting a room of a building that basically, when I say given to us, the use of it was given to us. And I'm painting, and the Lord gives me a vision, um, and I'm above this, I'm above this region, and I see this, I see this beautiful city above this region. It was huge, and I thought, you know, in my in my limited understanding and knowing, I was like. Man, is because I know there's a heavenly city coming down. I thought he was showing me that. I said, Jesus, is this that city? And he said, no, look closer. And when I did, I saw it was a city made of fool's gold. It looked good until you inspect it a little closer. And, uh, and, it, and it was filthy. And, uh, and he said, that city's made up of three things in this region. That is the spirit of religion, greed... And witchcraft. And I said to him, what are you going to do about it? And he said to me, I'm not doing anything about it. That's what you're here for. And it's not just what I'm here for, but it's what we're here for. And so the spirit of religion gets destroyed when the younger brother and the older brother lock arms and have and enter into the house and celebrate together. So that's one one of the three leg three legged false cities 
coming off right there. Amen. And then, and then, and then you have the situation uh, of the greed and the witchcraft. Well, the when we came out of the pig pen, what we're what we're discipling at a place called Hope is we're showing men who once were bound up in witchcraft because that's what that's really what the what what the addiction and lifestyle is all about. It's about uh, pharmacia, witchcraft, all of that stuff, which we've been delivered from. And so, as we come out of that, we're taking care of that leg. And then, and then I think what we're going to see is just a spirit of stewardship and generosity uh, flood this flood this area, flood this region. There's a um, there's a giving heart here. Uh, I'm just not sure how generous it is, and I don't. I mean, in this region, you know, there's a lot of money, and then a lot of times you'll see a lot of money. You'll see. You'll see giving, but giving with the wrong heart. Uh, the word says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And so, I just believe we're going to see a changing of hearts um, with those. And I think it's all linked together. Um, that's that's what I feel deep in my spirit that 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 those three strongholds, if you will, over this region, um, they have been defeated. They have been. Um, now this is Chad. This is just this is just my understanding talking. Craig, can come clean all this up for us if he needs to. But they have been defeated when 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 Christ finished his finished work on the cross, ultimately dismantled, disarmed. Uh, I like to say he skull dragged the devil up and down Golgotha's hill. However. Through our believing his finished work, then we see, we start to see. That's why the perspective thing is so different, so important. When I'm driving to the hotel, to the restaurant, in the middle of traffic, basically in a park, parking lot for two hours in downtown Atlanta versus 740 feet up, same area, different perspective. And so he's given us eyes to see. Um, and so I'm just so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this, what he's doing in this region. I know Jason is. I, I know you are. I know you are. Um, and so it's beautiful. And it's so pleasing to Father uh, to see his sons and his daughters coming together and functioning and working in unity. And the, and the round table is just, well, I mean, every time Jason and I walk into a room such as this, the round table, and we've said it to each other many times, and we still have that, we still feel that way. Man, we don't belong in these rooms. Um, but yet, Daddy keeps putting us in this room, so he's like, well, if you didn't belong, I wouldn't put you there. So, I guess we do belong, and he's changing the way I think about stuff. Um, but it's such an honor to be here. So, I, I hope that what I said there from the standpoint that is received and Makes sense, and I'd love to hear feedback later. Uh, and then, I, and then Craig showed me the special forces, and that, in essence, is true. Uh, that is that is what this house is. Uh, I just sense that you're going to go on a lot more missions than you've ever gone on before. Amen. A, a lot more missions. Uh, so, Jason, why don't you come up, and we'll, we'll we'll just talk a little bit about a place called Hope. So, I had a message here, just so you know. But the Lord said not to give the message about stewardship. Um, but Jason and I met uh, in 2015, 2016, in a in a lifestyle that was dishonoring to God. That was uh, just full fledged uh, addictive uh, lifestyle, buying, selling, using drugs. Um, did a lot of damage actually to this region, um, families, different things, and our paths had crossed uh, in that lifestyle. We didn't really run together, but our paths had crossed, and we and we there was a short period of time, probably six weeks, where our lives were almost daily intersected with each other, and then then there was about three or four months where we didn't see each other, and on May the on May the second. 2017, I was arrested for conspiracy to 
conspiracy to commit RICO, which is basically organized crime. And Jason, when I got into Whitfield County Jail, what I like to refer to as the extended stay Hilltop Hilton of Whitfield County. Praise God, I got to spend 12 months there. It's beautiful. Uh, but Jason was there, and he was leading Bible study. And um, now, having been raised as the older brother, I had this idea about God and what I had done. I thought that I'd crossed the line; it couldn't be uncrossed. But I was, but but because I knew what I knew, I was so excited to see Jason in this Bible study. So he asked me to come up and be a part of the Bible study. Uh, and so, if you've never been locked up. At the Hilltop Hilton, they have this big room made up of eight smaller rooms. And that big room's called E-Block. And in E-Block's eight smaller rooms. And I had a room in there with four guys. And he had a room in there with four guys. And so I went up to his room that night. There was probably five or six people there. He did a little prayer call, a little prayer circle. It was it was nice. It was. And and in my mind, I'm thinking, man, that's nice. I, I, I pray that this that they run with this, you know. And uh, he he asked me to stay in the room, and he, they were going to read the Bible, so uh, I, I made a cot somewhere on the floor or something, and he was reading the Bible that night after they locked us down. And the Lord just spoke to me really clearly, uh, and he said, are we going to take care of this? And 12 years before uh, I lived in Louisiana, from here, but I lived in Louisiana, and I came home. I, I was in the car business in 2005 in Louisiana. I had four car dealerships, and um, I pulled up in the driveway one night, and the Lord said, it's time for us to go deeper, and um, immediately overcome with fear. Uh, didn't Didn't ask him what that meant. I just assumed it meant I've got to get out of the car business, Stand on a, st- you know, I, just how foolish I was. But anyway, fear overtook me, and for 12 years, I did everything I could to run from that. And so that night in E Block, when the Lord said, "Are we going to take care of this?" I said, "I don't know how." And that that conversation in 2005 happened in the driveway of my house when I pulled up. It was October. The, it was October the 12th, 2005. When the Lord asked me that question, and I said, I don't know how we're going to take care of it. He said, just come back to the driveway where you said no and say yes. So in my mind, I was back in my car, back in my driveway, 385 Miller Shelby Road, West Monroe, Louisiana, October 5th, October 12th, 2005. And I pulled up and the Lord said, it's time to go deeper. And I said yes. And that night, in Whitfield County Jail, it it was like God reached down and pulled the top off of E-Block. And for the next 11 and a half months, he lived there with us. Jason, six months later, uh, was sent to prison. And I stayed for 11 and a half months. And, uh, but the whole time he was there, he was there and, and what, what that provoked out of Jason and I was the next morning we got up with the Bible, we went downstairs, we sat at a round table that's made of steel bolted to a concrete floor for 15 hours a day for the next 11 and a half months and we read his word and we wrote his word. Uh, we probably, we probably wrote three or four thousand pages of, uh, over and over and over and over and over. We still have them. And we used the little toilet paper rolls, and we had it, so we roll up the paper, and it was like little scrolls. It was really cool. How, um, but he transformed us. He transformed us in prison or in jail. Uh, very little freedom. So in 11 and a half months, I got to go outside for 15 minutes at a time twice. In a cage. About the size of what you put your dog in outside. Um, and, and look, I mean, I earned all that. I deserve, I, I'm not, I'm not, matter of fact, what, what happened though, about 30 days after that, we looked at each other one day and we realized that we'd never been this free in our life. So this, 
this, this, what, what the enemy meant to lock us down. Actually, God came in there because He was there with us and He was transforming us from the inside out. We just, we found freedom to the extent that there are times we look at each other and say, I wonder if we went over there on a Friday night at seven, if they let us check in for two days. Huh? So no, they can just spend time with daddy uninterrupted, you know? And so it was awesome and we saw Miracle signs and wonders and all kinds of beautiful things happen. But what was birthed there, I'll tell you all that just to say this. In that house, he said, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you men what I've called you out of and what I'm sending you back into. And so a place called Hope was birthed in Whitfield County Jail. Um, It's a small house with a group of men that learned to follow Jesus. And so a place called Hope is a place where lives come to be transformed. A place where lives come to be transformed. We've got a couple of three, we got three gentlemen here. One is graduated, two that uh, are currently in the program whose lives have been and are being and will continue to be transformed. Just like my life has been, is, and will continue to be transformed. And, until I look like him. It's a process, Right? And so I'm thankful today I look most like him than I've ever looked. But at the same time, I know I don't look very much like him at all. And my heart is to look just like him. I want Father to see me, but really see him, think he's looking at him, right? And so, um, and that's, uh, that's a beautiful place to be. That's what I desire more than anything. Um, but Jason, you, you pick up right there and then. I'll come back. Well, at at, um, at a place called Hope, we're uh, we're not just raising up church members. We're raising up a, a group of men that that um, will actually be the church. You know, there's a there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference in 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 that alone. So I was talking out here before, and they said that this this is a church of like the Delta Force being trained in the Delta Force. Well, well, in the spirit. Well, there's a call on our lives, not just this body, but but really the whole body of Christ to um, to be exactly that to to go out and change the world, and there's a you know there's a call on our lives to be that, and God God is is raising up an army. That's why I thought it was cool when Craig was saying, you know, this is the house of the Delta Force. Because um, that's what we all are. We're special forces for the Lord. <clears throat> the way this is going to happen is to do what the earth's been waiting for us to do. So the earth's groaning, waiting for the glorious manifestation of the sons of God. So if you read that, if you read that... um that's in Romans. That's in Romans chapter eight. I just want to read a few verses out of it. It says, "For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God." That word "sons" right there is, is "weos," which is a uh, which "weos" actually means mature. Um, <clears throat> means mature sons of God, um, led by the Spirit. It says, "For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear." But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, now this word children is a different word. It's technon in the Greek. And it's actually, it's actually a, um, it means helper, pupils, children, one who follows a teacher. It's actually this. So in the natural, it's a teenager. From the 12 to about 30 year old in the, in the, right after Bar Mitzvah in the, in the Jewish tradition. And during that, during that time of growth. So, so there's another place this word said in, in John chapter one. He said, for as many as, as, uh, believe in me will have the power to become children or technon of God, which, so at that point, at the point we receive Christ, <clears throat> that, there we are. Children of God. You are children at that point. But this, in verse 18 it says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared 
with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So we're growing. So, so, so that word technon is a, and, and weos, we're growing into the weos for, for the earnest expectation of creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. So what's happening at, at a place called hope is these men come in and they have had an encounter with Christ and, and they're growing into these men that are led by the spirit of God that hear the voice of the Lord and act upon it. And, as a result of that, as a result of that is, is, um, we're going, we're, we're going to change this region. So we've got a mandate to, to do exactly that. So God's put us in Pacific time in a Pacific place in history. So we're here. What they're saying is we're, we're, we're born for here and we're born for now. And, and there's a, there's a call on our life to do, to, to be the church. So the church in um, in the Greek right there, where's in in Matthew sixteen, it says he told Peter, he said, "On this rock, I'll build my church." That word is uh, <clears throat> ecclesia. The word for church there is ecclesia, and that's actually a word that the Romans used at that time for because they were they were subduing the whole earth. They were they were. Um, doing exactly, doing what we're, what we're supposed to be doing. You know, our original mandate in Genesis 1 is for us to, to subdue and rule the earth. Well, the Romans were doing that. And, and they, what they would do when they would take over a region, they would send, they would send some men or some, or a group of people into the region and, and model what it's, what it's like to, to be a Roman. And they would they would train people what it's like to be a Roman because now they're Romans. <clears throat> That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing: is modeling and subduing the earth, subduing this region, and and by the way we live and 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 the way people, non-believers see us, it draws them to the light. And that's exactly what's going on at a place called Hope. In the past month, what Chad was just talking about, how when we finally, we finally said yes. I mean, we've said yes and things, and we got the house, everything fell in place. But for three years, we've been trying to, um, we've been doing this, but we hadn't actually, we ain't been doing it exactly the way God showed us that, that we're supposed to be doing it. And, and during the day, we're now, over the past month, we've been, we've implemented some things that, that um, I've repented for not doing them sooner. We, we've we're, we're teaching during the day, a couple times a day, and 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 um, the house is just—I mean, it's on fire right now, man. It is—it is absolutely on fire. These men, these men are on fire for Jesus, and and um, I can't—I can't stress enough how important that is to our call, which is to change this region. Um, we have, um, so I have a couple of guys here that are just going to share, you know, some live testimony as to what's going on in their life. And, um, I just want, come here, Ryan. I just want, this is Ryan Burns right here. Good morning. Uh, I'd just like to start off saying, man, when I come in these doors, I can feel something in this room right here. Y'all's little worship service, man, that just melted my heart, man. I just feel God in here, you know. Um. You know, when I first got to, uh, before I got to a place called Hope, you know, I've, I've did, uh, I've done a whole bunch of, of prison time in my life. You know, I've also grew up, you know, foster care, going home to home, being abused as a child, you know, stuff like that. So with everything that happened in my life as a young man and going through all the stuff I did in, in prison and jail and foster homes and, and bouncing around from everywhere, you name it, I was yoked up at a young age, you know. Uh, I was yoked up from seeing stuff and being going through stuff that I shouldn't have seen or did as a child, you know. And uh, and my even going back a little further than that, my parents they they showed me the love that their parents showed them, and and they had been done the same way I've been done coming up, you know. So I kind of fell into like a, this little generational curse or whatever, you know. And uh, you know, I always wondered why my life was was so difficult and I wouldn't ever normal, you know what I mean. And uh, so I, after getting out this last time or whatever, 
I was living up under this bridge over there close to Providence, man. And uh, like, man, I'm tired of this. I'm so tired of this. I can just see prison coming in the near future. I had no hope. Didn't feel loved. I was lonely. You know, I got a divorce while I was in prison that last time. I lost, you know, my vehicles, my house. I didn't have nothing, man. So uh, before I got sent off, I got in touch with uh, Jason and Chad at a place called Hope. And I asked them, you know, can, can y'all have make a miracle happen? You know what I mean? I need to come to a place called Hope, you know. And they said, where are you at? I said, I'm in E-Block. I remember who it was. I think it was Jason. He said, man, you're right where you need to be. Go over that table over there. And open up your Bible, man. You pray to God right now. You know what I mean? So went over there and did some reading, did some praying. Probably should have did a lot more. But uh, anyhow, so uh, I didn't quite, uh, I didn't get sentenced to them right then. But uh, I was blessed. You know, they only gave me like six months to go doing PDC or whatever. So I went and did my little thing there. I got out, I was only out for like three days before, you know, I was like, hey man, listen, <laughs> you remember me? <laughs> and, uh, he, he, he sent me, you know what I'm saying, come be over here, whatever, whatever. I'm like, I ain't got a job, I ain't got no ID, I ain't got no clothes, man. He said, he just give me the, uh, seven o'clock or something like that. So I come pulling up, man, you know, sit me down, talk to me. And, uh, he went and said, Chad, I'm just gonna let him in. I already told him he could be here, you know what I mean? So they moved me right on in, man. Uh, you know, I still had all those issues I told you about from going through everything I went through as a child, you know. Everything I went through from going through prison and all that stuff, man, I was messed up, you know. I had, you know, what I thought uh, being a Christian was completely wrong, too, you know. Uh, and I had a religious spirit about me, too, you know. I don't, I don't do no denomination bashing like that, but I was in foster care and all that stuff. It's mostly Church of Christ, you know what I mean? No dancing, no singing, wearing khaki shirt tucked in and all that stuff. And I'm sure... You know, uh, it was just different. You know, so when I got there, it was a, I had to turn my spiritual dial up a little bit. You know what I mean? So uh, I got over there, and the first month, man, I'm leaning back looking at everybody like, what is going on? You know what I'm saying? What are they doing? You know what I mean? Well, uh, so, uh, okay, let me, so after, you know what I'm saying, we go through all these videos and classes and stuff, I identify my yokes. And stuff like that will have me messed up. I learned how to actually, uh, how to, uh, get rid of those yokes, you know what I mean? How to swell them things up with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit, and throw them suckers away from you, you know what I mean? And then, uh, identify my strongholds and stuff, you know, stay away from them. That's something you can't cast out, something you got to stay away from, you know what I mean? And then, uh, I don't know, Craig was over at one night, uh, it was when that Irish man came over, that Irish gangster. We got over there talking to that guy, that man put hands on me. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, you know what I mean? Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Ever since then, man, I, 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 and then they changed the parameter of the program. It was like right after y'all changed the parameter of the program. Right after that, I would start reading this book, got one-on-one with these guys. And on top of all that, man, I love these folks showed me. I've never in my life thought my parents were all right. I got to talk to my therapist. My parents weren't that great, you know what I mean? Man, I've been loved. Just, I, I've never really been truly loved in my life until I got here in a place called Hope, man. These two right here, my spiritual fathers right here, man, and my brothers. Let me tell you something, man. That is love, you know what I mean? I learned it wasn't a feeling, you know what I'm saying? Love's not a feeling, you know? It's, you know? But, uh... And I really love this place right here. It's really changed my life, you know. This is life or death for me. I, I don't have another relapse in me, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I really, really love this place from it. And it really changed my life. And I'm on fire for the Lord right now. And I'm just so glad that this is here. This place is tailor made for me because of all the issues and stuff I've been through in my life. And the attitude and that I had when I got there. Everywhere else, when I threw me out on the street, back to where I was at, I'd probably be dead right now. You know what I mean? They had patience with me, and they worked with me. They loved the hell out of me. You know what I'm saying? So, I'd stay out here all day. I think y'all got it, though. But, uh, man, I love each and every one of y'all. I appreciate y'all having us here. God bless y'all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, right now, the place called Hope, we've got, we've got, I think we've got 13 men. There that that uh and the, these guys came came with us and the rest of them are at church at Northwest. Um, 
but this next guy, JJ, come here, JJ. JJ was a. Uh, I'll just let him tell you, man. He's he. They, I'm telling you, man. They there's nobody. I don't know of anybody. I mean, I'm. I need to meet them. If not, if if not, but these guys spend more time in the Word than anybody I know. I mean, we're studying. We're studying the Word six to eight hours a day every day. And and it's transforming everything about them. And and I just let JJ share a little bit. What's up, guys? I'm JJ. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah, so I'm just gonna do it. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so um, okay, so um, this place this place has really just changed my life. I I grew up um I mean I had I had a dad a loving dad an awesome dad and uh a stepmom and she, I I really didn't like her she was just not a good person I, I never had that nurturing mom kind of figure and uh didn't didn't really know what love what being loved felt like until uh until I came here and um uh man when I first came here it was my first time trying to get sober. I spent the last 10 years uh, drinking and smoking weed and, and doing all kinds of drugs, trying to trying to be happy, really trying just to numb numb life. I didn't I didn't want to deal with life. I thought that uh, I, mean, I just thought I just thought nobody loved me. It was I was really sad. I was I was a functioning I was a functioning uh, drug addict and alcoholic there for a while. I thought that. That was the only reason. That's the only way I could be happy was to be drunk. And I don't, I don't know if anybody knows me here, but I'm pretty well known in Dalton than just being drunk or high, never, never sober. So this, this alone is just amazing. But uh, so I spent I spent a lot of years trying to fill that void, and um, man, I was doing I was doing it for a while, but I had my own house. Like I was, I had I really had anything I wanted. But there was nights, there was nights where I would, didn't have anything to do, didn't have anything to drink or nothing to smoke, and I would just cry. Like, in the middle, I had a three-bedroom house. Like, it was mine. And I would just, oh, man, I was so sad. It was, and I, I never let anybody see it either. And, uh, like, I, I, I remember sitting on the train tracks one night, cutting my wrist, because I just didn't want to live. Didn't have no money to get anything. And I was like, dang, this is... This this sucks. Like this is dumb. Come on, train. I've never told anybody that until like right now. I think I've told two people in Athens, but um, it's rough. Um, it was. And then I went to uh, I went to Silverdale for uh, for a few weeks, and I was I had a court date like three months later than the date that I was in there. So I was supposed to be in there for three months, and I was praying to God. I was like, God. Like, get me out of here. If you get me out of here, I'll never smoke weed again. And I was serious. Let me tell you how serious I was. Like, I was in a six-by-six cell with a murderer that had just posted a video on Facebook two days prior to that. Uh, I'm just being really transparent here. Uh, murdering somebody, flaunting about it to the camera. I was in the cell with him. That's So I'm like, God, God, <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> so, and I, and I was dead serious. And, um... Man, and God came into that. God came into that cell, and I got out the next day. I, I mean, I was in there in February, okay, or January, and my court day wasn't until April, and I got out the next day after that prayer. So, so that that's obviously God. And then I ended up here. Like whenever I got out that day, um, I went back home to my trailer, and uh, my landlord, which was my papa, he sat me down with my dad, and it was like they call me Bo. They was like Bubba. Said. uh you need you need to go somewhere else. I was like, dang, because I, I mean, I had I, I I mean I was doing all kinds of drugs in the house. I had I had traffic in and out. It wasn't I wasn't a good steward of the houses that had been given to me. So uh, they they kicked me out, and um, it was like you can either go to the street or you can go to a place called Hope. I was like, option B. So and I ended up at a place called Hope. <laughs> And uh, and it and it's cool how that worked out because the prayer that I had said to Jesus that I was going to stop everything and commit to Him and fully surrender and just live out live out for Him. That's what a place called hope is is is, is uh, building people to do. You know, 
So I can proudly say that I'm a disciple of Jesus right now. Um, so, and the love factor, back to the love, man. Uh, God, like, we went to, we went to redemption my first week here. Um, my first weekend, my first night here, I think we went to redemption. Uh, and, and, okay, so redemption is a, is a redemption to the nation. It's a big church in Chattanooga. And, uh, we, we went up there my first night and we ended, I think it was Damon Thompson that was there. And we spent like the next five nights consecutively up there. And he was, he was preaching about, uh, how much God loves us. And boy, I got wrecked just realizing that he really does. Like, I don't, I don't know if we can fathom the, the gravity of John 3.16. I know it's said so much, but he loves us so much that he sent his son to die. That's just, I grasped that fully that night, and uh, I've I, I really never been the same. But, um, so after that, uh, that was that was February of last year. I've been out of, in and out of a place called Hope for a year now. This is my third time, and I've been here longer than I've ever stayed before. But last time I was here... Just in the spirit of transparency, uh, we didn't have the structure. We didn't have the we didn't have the uh, the layout that we have now. The sitting at the table for eight hours or six to eight hours a day, which is really what's doing it. Spending that much time in the Word. Um, I mean, going to I'm not bashing just Sunday goers, but man, we can't just live on uh, uh, the pastor's revelation alone. Like, we can't just go to Sunday and expect for that to last us all week. Me, I can't. I can't. I, don't, I mean, I'm just going to speak for myself. But I, I can't do that. And my my life prior to a place called Hope has has proven that. Um, but now, now that we're doing this, man, the whole house is on fire. I've never seen the house. I've seen, I've seen the house have 13 people in it before. And, man, it was arguing every day, bickering, gripping. Oh, we got to go to church again, bro. No. We're, we're volunteering to go on Saturdays, Sunday nights. Like, every day we're doing something. It's so awesome what God's doing. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and, it's all, and it's all due to y'all's yes. Y'all, y'all too. And we, 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 love, we love y'all so much for, for y'all's yes. We are very grateful for it. And uh, I, I, went, I had two pages of notes. Um, that I was going to jabber, but I decided not to. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's it. Thank you. We love you, bro. We love you. <clears throat> so these two guys really, man, have, have, I mean, Ryan, for sure, man, I mean, both of them have, but, but recently, just in the past six weeks, five or six weeks, Ryan has, I mean, he, he, don't, he don't even look the same. He don't talk the same. He don't, nothing, nothing about this man is even close to what it was when he walked through the door. I mean, just uh, saying all that to, to let you know that, that lives are being transformed. So so it is actually a place people come to, to transform. You know, that's, that's what we're, um, it's, it's the process. You know, we get saved. <clears throat> The problem is a lot of a lot of the church we, we we're good at getting folks saved, but but so what happens? Their spirit gets saved, but their soul, their mind, their will, and their emotions we just let let that go. Whether well, they're going to heaven, well now what we're realizing that that their mind and their will and their emotions is being saved. Well, that's what we're doing at a place called Hope. Their 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 soul is being saved, and um. By the renewing of the mind, by the washing of the word, that's that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. So I just wanted just to talk about the four pillars or foundations yeah, yeah, of a place yeah, called yeah. Hope. So uh, Hope is an acronym for honor. I don't know if it's up there. It's okay. You don't have to put it up there. Honor, obedience, presence, expectation. Those are the four foundational pillars of a place called Hope. Honor. Obedience, presence, expectation. When we live a life of honor, both to God and to man, um, then then we get to operate and walk in obedience. And when we do those things, when we live a life of honor and obedience, we find ourselves in His presence. And in His presence, what I have found in my life is that in the presence of the Lord, expectations are met. Amen. Matter of fact, uh, I think a lot of times... Because we, we don't have a, many, many of us, um, 
caught up in religion, we don't fully understand what His presence is about. And so when we first start to get into places where of His presence, our expectations are small because we've never really been able to have expectations before. But one of the things the Lord said to me was that, come expecting. It's just like here at this house. Uh, you, if, if you've got, if you wake up, if you wake up this morning or this week, you go to the doctor and he gives you some, he gives you some not so good news. You can, you can have an expectation that God's our healer. Because he is. Amen. Uh, but if you're not in his presence, if, if you're not, if you don't spend time with him, if you're not a part of a body that, that speaks the truth, then you don't necessarily know that. And so you're expect, you don't really have expectation. You put more expectation on what a doctor says than what on, than what the great physician has done for us. Amen. And so we just, we're trying to build a life for each man. And so, uh, Ryan and JJ both, um, actually got close to the same time in this, this go around. And these two guys have absolutely picked up the mantle and are running with it. I mean, they, they're, they're leaders in the house. There's people in the house that have been there longer than them, but they're leaders in the house. Um, they're, they're leading by example. And it's a beautiful thing. And we're so grateful for you guys. And just so beautiful to see what God's doing in your life. And, and I just want to tell you, um, you've not even seen anything yet. Yeah, you, you're just getting started. And then we got Adam Lurch. Adam is a graduate of a place called Hope. And Adam's heart is so beautiful, uh, and he's such a servant. He's got such a servant's heart. He's still almost at least three or four times a week. He's plugged in with what we're doing at a place called Hope. He comes. He takes the guys' places, uh, just just doing life with us. And so we love you so much. God's done an amazing thing. I'm going to have you come up just in a minute and just tell, talk about the restoration with your daughter, and then and then we'll turn it over to Craig. But uh, what what we what we're doing here today uh, is at, at a request from from Craig and and our and our board. Who, Craig's on our board. Uh, we we're looking for partners uh, in three areas. Number one, prayer. We need prayer partners. And so, if what we're doing, and everybody should have a brochure, uh, if what we're doing speaks to you. Or you, it may even, for some of us, it's real close to home because I'm sure everybody in this room either knows someone or maybe has a family member that have struggled with addiction of some sort. Alright? And so pray. Pray for a place called hope, but specifically pray for the men that God brings us at a place called hope. Um, we, we believe this and with all our heart, uh, that the right, that the men that come to a place called hope He's ordained to come to a place called hope, and we and we've asked him. We did. We started practicing this in E Block. That Lord, if they're not supposed to be in here, stop them. And we've seen that. And I'll, I've got stories to tell you, but we won't take up any more of your time here. But literally, we're got it turned men around at the door, or turned or both coming and going. So it's a beautiful thing that he 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 loves us so much. Amen. And 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 what. What he's showing me that just just have the audacity. And I'll go back to my daughter. One of the other things he said to me at the table, he said, if my children had the audacity that she has to ask you to go somewhere and she knows she doesn't have the ability to pay for it. That's what I'm looking at for my sons and daughters. Ask me for things that you can't do. That gives That makes his heart so full. So full that we trust him, that we can, we call on him to do the things that we can't do. Amen. And so, um, so we're asking for prayer. The second thing we would ask about is if you have time and you're a man or a woman, and we just have to, we have, we do have a lady that comes in and teaches the men every every Thursday. Uh, a, a special things about different things about men and women, and she's a, a mother of the house, Miss Judy Ann Alexander. She's a precious lady of the house, and so uh, we, we of course we we're very uh, we have a we, we're guarded there in the sense that we we protect her and we protect the men, and and it's a it's a very close situation. But uh, 
if if God lays it on your heart to volunteer, volunteer. And volunteering doesn't necessarily mean coming and teaching the men. It can mean other things. So prayer, please pray. Volunteer your time if you have it, and God puts it on your heart. Um, and if he doesn't put it on your heart for a place called hope, wherever he puts it on your heart for, see, what it's about his kingdom. It's not about a place called hope. It's not about uh, these little K's. There's a lot of little G's trying to build a lot of little K's in the earth today. And it's really, it's really sickening, really. And uh, there's one God and there's his kingdom. And we want to build that kingdom. And so if the Holy Spirit leads you to pray, pray. If he leads you to volunteer, volunteer. And then thirdly, and really quite frankly, the least important that we sometimes put the most emphasis on is partnering through funds. Uh, one of the things the Lord showed me, He said, you'll know me as Jireh when you trust me. Right? And so, He's got my yes, and as a result of my yes, He's responsible for the funding. Now, what, the, what, what I'm about to talk about right here, just for a brief second, is something that I've resisted, uh, but really it was just pride in me resisting. He said, there are men and women that will want to partner with this endeavor to build my kingdom and to transform families, cities, streets, regions, neighborhoods, one man at a time. And that's what a place called Hope's about. Amen. And so if you want to partner monthly on the back of this, you can do one-time gift. You can partner. Uh, what, we're, what we're asking uh, you to prayerfully consider uh, and I please, if Holy Spirit doesn't say do it, do not do it. Don't do it out of of, of some fleshly uh, motive. Do it because the Holy Spirit says to do it. Because then the blessing's tied to that. Amen. Um, but if you want to give monthly, you can. There's a number tithely on the back here. You can just text G I V E. It'll come back to you. Let you set it up, and it's real simple. What we're asking, what we believe, what the boarded, what we believe is that. 300 people are going to partner monthly at $25 a month. And, and, and that's going to help us get the funds that we need to go and continue to do the things that we're doing. So we're at a point. We're at a point where God's telling us it's time to level up. We're stepping into a new dimension. And, and we're, we're at full capacity at a place called Hope at the moment. There's, we don't have any more beds. And we've got four men on a waiting list that, that are uh, in jail. So, um, that's why we're asking for partners is because it, uh, God's showing us that it's time to level up and how to do that. He's strategically shown us that, that if nobody knows the need, then nobody knows the need. Right. And, and it's all, you know, there's the hearts of so many people that, that are want to build the kingdom are there in their desires to help and 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 uh, further the kingdom but if they don't know where where to sow that's what we're here to tell you today is that that we all know the principles of sowing and reaping and this is good ground to sow in right, right. so yeah i'll just say that and i and i'll i just want to uh, this opportunity to put seed in in the ground so one of the ways and that's why we have them in here we're not we're not in any way trying to use the men to pull on a heartstring or anything like that. But I want you to see the fruit. So there's fruit in Dalton, Georgia, 201 Bryan Avenue, that literally you can drive by and inspect the fruit. Inspect what your seed is producing. Amen? It's not like it's a, we're planting grapes over in Italy somewhere where you you, you got to wait five years to taste the wine. This is something you can see. And one of the things the Lord showed me Friday morning was that because we're trained to look at fruit. But before we plant, what's the third? I mean, we're not going to go buy a rocky field and throw seed down in there. No, the, the soil's got to be right. And so uh, through years of walking together, uh, we believe a place called hope is good soil. And we believe that that's true. And we have, we have the uh, evidence of that truth with three men's lives right here that we're just talking about today, where you can literally see the fruit of their life. And so that's a beautiful thing. If God moves on your heart to be a partner with us, and literally that's what it is, then we will give you monthly updates, and you'll be able to continually see 
the fruit uh, of what your seed in the ground uh, is producing. Amen. For His kingdom and His glory. And so with that, I think that's... that's. Yes, we're here in this house at least once a month. <laughs> we come to this vertical worship thing and just get wrecked every month. But but if it is your desire to do this, this number, it's on the back of this thing. When you when you text it, if, if, if God's asking you to, to uh, partner monthly, whenever you type in the amount you want to give, type the word monthly behind it, and that, it'll be a reoccurring gift. And then, you won't have to worry about it anymore. Like I said, we'll, we will uh, send you newsletters, and and you're always welcome to come. Just come be a part. And, um, you know, that, that I think that's what we're uh, searching for. So God bless you all. I just thank you all for everything, for this opportunity you have.